You are now listening to Zekaic Podcast, proclaiming the gospel. Jesus is Savior, Sanctifier, Healer, and Coming King. Good morning, everyone. I am not a guest speaker. I am Pastor J.R. Marasigan. <laughs> I met some individuals early this morning and they were asking, you look different. And I said, oh, I just want to have a shorter hair this time because the, the temperature is quite hot. We will continue with our study in the book of Acts chapter 2 verse 42. And we are at the last portion of the series that we have started three Sundays ago. Our series entitled DNA, The Biological Instructions of the Church. And we discussed already about the believers' practices in the, earlier, in the early church. We talked about they, they were devoting themselves to the apostles' teachings. They were devoting themselves to the fellowship. They were devoting themselves to the breaking of the bread. And today we will look at the last part of it, which is they were devoting themselves to prayer. Or in the original context, they said it to the prayers. It's in the plural form. So let us open again our Bibles in the book of Acts chapter 2, verse 42. I will read it again from the New English. Oh, there on your screen, it's from the NASB. It says there, they were continually devoting themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship, to the breaking of bread and prayer. May the good Lord bless the reading of his word. I would like to thank the Lord for the success that happened just in these past few days. The Christian and Missionary Alliance Churches of the Philippines, we just ended our 56th General Assembly. To those of you who do not know about what a general assembly is in the Kamakop, it is the time where the pastors and the lay leaders would gather, would convene for a session. It only happens every two years. So for this year, we are supposedly in Bacolod City to hold that assembly, but because of the pandemic, the leadership team from the national office decided to have it still continue but online, in an online platform. And thus, it was held starting last April 27, and it ended on the 30th day. So we are grateful to the Lord for the success of that event. As I was pondering upon those things that happened during the General Assembly of the Kamakop, I realized that there were some portions of it that really touched my heart. And one of those that touched my heart was, were the prayer sessions. Every day, the event started with a prayer session led by the Reverend Benji de Jesus. And in one of those prayer sessions, there was a prayer uttered by a missionary, by Reverend Ruth Tablada. And as I was listening to the prayer that she uttered, it deeply touched my heart because it presented a degree of reality 
about what is happening not only within the Kamakop constituents, but in the community of believers. And so I would like to read that prayer that she uttered during that prayer session within the General Assembly. Her prayer went like this. Heavenly Father, we humbly come to you acknowledging our utter dependence upon you. We thank you and praise you for your mercy and grace poured upon Kamakop all these years. We confess that we have failed you in many ways. We are more ready to manipulate than serve, more ready to criticize, complain, and murmur, and allow our indifferences to divide us than offer help and solutions. We are more ready to compete than compliment. And the root of all this behavior is mistrust. Forgive us, Father. We confess that we too often forget that you have called us into the ministry to be Christ-like in speech, in our behavior, and in all our dealings. We carry on with our lives as if we are not followers of Jesus. We fall short of being credible witnesses, of being a blessing and encouragement to others. For this, we ask your forgiveness. Lord, we cry out to you today. Help us to seek your face and help us to turn from our wicked ways. Heal our broken relationships with each other. O oh Lord, heal every one of us. Show us your mercy. Bring revival to your people. Set every pulpit aflame for truth and righteousness. Grant that we may live a quiet and peaceable lives in godliness and honesty. This we ask in your name. Amen and amen. That was a very touching prayer as we were starting the General Assembly. And I believe that event was a successful one. There were some flaws. However, in a general sense, I would consider it as a very successful one because it was our very first time to hold it online. So I would like to congratulate those people who were behind it. It was a success. There were individuals who were gifted who became part of the steering committee, of the program committee, of those individuals who ran it, and it was very successful. But without prayer, I believe, the General Assembly would have not been as successful as it was without it. Prayer is something that is so important for the community of believers. It is something that the body of Christ could not live without it is something that should be part of our daily, daily activities. It is something that you and I should consider all the time. Prayer is something that is given to us by God. Because we are in a relationship with God and we are placed within a community of believers in which we are all related to each other. Prayer plays a vital role. What is a relationship without a communication? Prayer is our way of communicating with God. 
if we visit the early church, we've been looking at those practices that they did. And those practices are all valuable for the life of the church in our time. We discuss about they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching, looking at the word of God, studying it, listening to the apostles, learning the doctrines that they ought to believe, that they embrace. It was really very necessary for the church to learn that. And so as in our time today, it is very important. Other than that, they devoted themselves to the fellowship that they have a commitment to a body, to a group of people that it is not just coming together for exchanging of food. It is not just coming together for a conversation, but it is a commitment that they are a part of a greater cause, the body of Christ. It was explained to us that they devoted themselves to each other and to the God who called them in that kind of community, in that fellowship. It is a commitment after all. That believers in the early church devoted themselves to the breaking of bread. Last week we learned that the breaking of bread was used in different ways in those days. It was used to pertain to the communion that we do today. Remembering the Lord's Supper. But the term was also used to pertain to the regular fellowship meal that the early believers did. And we learned last week that whenever they, they practiced the communion, the Lord's Supper, it was done within the context of a fellowship meal. So it gives us the idea that there is a strong accountability with each other as they celebrated the fellowship meal, a bond that flowed within that fellowship. And also, there is a strong idea of commitment and accountability with the God who gave us the bread of life. We are called to be in the community, to be in a community, to learn the word, to fellowship, and to have a strong connection with each other of accountability and with God at the same time. And today we will be focusing on prayer. But before we delve into this particular subject, I want us to take note of this matter. Those four practices teachings of the apostle devoting themselves to the teaching of the apostles fellowship breaking of bread and prayer these four practices that were exemplified by the early church they were not done separately from each other in other words they did not have a separate service for the learning of the word so when we look at the text, we don't take a picture in our, we don't create a picture in our mind about the believers gathering solely for the learning of the word of God. Because these activities were done within a session that they observed during those days. There was the teaching of the word. And at the same time as the teaching of the word was done within that session, within that gathering, there was also a fellowship, an exemplification of a commitment to each other, to the body, to the group that God has brought them in. And added to that, there was a practice of the breaking of bread within a fellowship meal. And at that breaking of bread could also mean the Lord's Supper in those contexts. And they also did prayer. So these four things were done in the sessions that they did. 
these were like, this became part of their regular gathering. They did not have a separate session for prayer that let's gather together and let's just pray. No word of God. No, no, what is this? No fellowship, no conversation with each other. Purely prayer. It wasn't like that. There was no, a, there was no gathering that was just dedicated for the communion celebration of the Lord's Supper. There wasn't like that. When they did these things, they did all of this stuff in a session. So take note of that idea. When they gathered as believers and followers of Jesus, they observed these practices on a regular basis, not separate from each other in every session. And I think this is a good way for us to evaluate whenever we gather today as a church, are these practices manifested in our regular gathering? Are these practices manifested whenever we come together in a corporate way of worshiping the Lord? We have a lot of gatherings today. We gather here every Wednesday for midweek worship service. We gather here five times every Sunday. Before the pandemic set in, we gather in smaller groups. We gather in a one-on-one setup. We gather in the marketplaces. We gather in houses, in coffee shops. There are a lot of gatherings that we do. But I think looking at the practices of the earlier church, it is a wonderful thing to do to take those practices and place ourselves under the lens of those practices that they did. Because those things that they did were essential in every gatherings of the believers. Something that they did in every time that they had a session. Along in, in the course of the development of this sermon, as I was meditating on the word, looking at the context of the earlier church, I said, I think it is a good thing if we try to look at what we are doing today from the lens of the practices of the early church. And here is what I did. I listed down every part because many of us would come here during Sundays. There are only a few who come during Wednesdays for several reasons. I believe some of you are busy. Some of you are having appointments during the time. But during Sundays, many of us would come here. And we have this worship service, a gathering of believers. When we put this gathering under the lens of the practices of the early church, what will be the grade of our gatherings today? Will we pass? Will we be able to say we are, we're good, we're doing well? So I listed down the parts of every worship service that we do here during Sundays. And here is what I found out. At the beginning part of every service, we have a preliminary prayer session. I don't know if you have observed this. 15 minutes before the service starts, in this case, 10 o'clock, 10 minutes before 10 o'clock, 15 I mean, when you enter the sanctuary, you would observe that there are prayer items flash on the screen. And it creates a beautiful picture of the church. Why? I really like to appreciate you for this. That instead of coming to church, 
sitting down there before the service starts talking to each other, it creates a beautiful picture of believers sitting down, looking at the screen, closing their eyes, praying to God, and it creates an opportunity of practicing prayer in the midst of the believers. So we practice prayer during the preliminary prayer session before the service starts at 10. When 10 o'clock strikes, we practice here in Zikaek being on time. We don't like to be late because we value your time. Because as Dr. Bendesu said before, if you don't start on the appointed time, you are actually punishing those who come late and you are rewarding those who are late. So we try to strike on time. When 10 o'clock starts, the service also starts with a video on the screen, a beginning video that we usually do to set our hearts and minds for the proper worship. And what happens next is that the praise and worship leader, as uh, Professor Ephraim Silorio came in earlier, he started leading all of us to worship. And I think the praise and worship part is still a prayer. Technically, you define prayer as communicating with God, or some would say communicating to God. When you sing the lyrics of the songs, are you singing it for your neighbor? No. You are actually singing it for God. And since you are uttering the lyrics of the song, you are communicating to God. And that's still part of prayer. That is why in the previous sermons that I had a few years ago already, I mentioned one time that whenever we sing a song, let's make it sure that we mean what it means because it is a serious matter. When we come together and sing a lyrics of the song before God, we are actually uttering a prayer to the Lord along with the music that is provided. So it is part of prayer in a form of a very artistic manner. We pray in a form of singing. After the singing of the praise and worship songs, we have the preaching of the word. Here is the thing that we are doing right now. Wherein you, you all listen to the preaching and the proclamation of the word and try to understand every bit of it so that you would have something that you would not only comprehend, but something that you could bring within the week and in the coming days. We try to understand the word of the Lord. And when we understand the word of the Lord, it reveals to us who God is, what God can do. It reveals to us the will of God about the believers, about our lives, about the church, about the community. The word of God is so, so rich about these matters. And we try to learn as much as we can from it. So there is a prayer, a practice of prayer. There is a practice of the preaching of the word or the learning of the word in the term of Acts chapter 2 verse 42, there was a devotion to the apostles' teaching. In our context, we don't just look at the apostles' teaching, but we try to dig even backwards from the Old Testament time. We try to dig what the patriarchs said. We try to dig what the kings said, what the prophets said, what the poetic people said in the Old Testament time, what the gospel writers are saying. So we dig the word of God. After that, I have written down their tithes and offerings, but usually it is followed by a communion. As I have mentioned last week, 
Whenever they broke the bread, they used it in two terms, a regular fellowship meal or the Lord's Supper. But whenever they had the Lord's Supper, it was always in the context of a fellowship meal. We had the Lord's Supper, Supper today. We break bread. And then we have the tithes and offerings. What do we do when the tithes and offerings come, that portion comes? When that happens, we get something from our packet, we place it inside the box. For what reason? Why do we do that? We do that because we love God and we are committed to the church. You come forward, bring your tithes and offerings because you love the Lord and you acknowledge that He is the one who blessed you in the first place, but at the same time along with it is a commitment with the church. And I am so grateful to God that these congregations here in Zikaiq have been exemplifying that commitment to the church. We have members who are no longer here in Zamboanga City. They are already in the other places of the world. But you know what? They send offerings because they are committed to the church. They are committed to this body of believers. So when you think about the giving of the, tithe, the returning of the tithes and the giving of offerings, it actually falls on the concept of fellowship. That in the early church, because of the commitment for each other and for God, they devoted themselves to each other and to God. You know, they sold their properties and they had something in common in mind. They shared it within the body of Christ. It falls on that category. And then after which, we have another praise and worship. Another portion where there is prayer. Closing prayer is done, another portion that there is prayer. And then there are post-benediction events, wherein after the service before the pandemic set in, I would see smaller groups. Here inside the sanctuary, after the closing prayer, people would talk to each other. People will connect with each other. And that's part of the fellowship. In a concept of a fellowship meal, that's also a concept of the breaking of the bread. Because you share the bond that you have with each other. Every after 6.30 in the morning service, there is a group that they call themselves coffee mates. They love coffee and they share food. Every after 6.30 in the morning, they gather there at the back, near the kitchen. They share food. They share thoughts about what was preached. They share about their experiences. They share about how God is revealing himself to them. That's actually both a fellowship and a breaking of the bread concept. So if I'm going to place the practices that we have here in Zikaek under the lens of the practices of the early church, I shall say, praise God, we are doing well. All of those elements that we have been talking about three Sundays, starting three Sundays ago are all present every time we gather here in Zikaiq. And I, I am not surprised that God is evidently at work in our midst because of those things that we are doing. I'm not saying that it's a formula that's one, that once you do all these things, it's like a formula that it would result something like what we have today. It's still the work of the Holy Spirit, 
but at least we know that it is God's will for us to do those things. And as a body of believers, as a community, we are following what God desires for the church to have. We are trying to exemplify the picture that God painted about the church in Acts chapter 2, verse 42. So these practices were actually done in every session. And I think Zekaiah is doing it, and we give God all the glory, honor, and praise for that. So we give God a mighty hand of praise. Isn't it wonderful to know that we are following what is biblical and that we are doing what is stated in the Word of God faithfully Sunday after Sunday? Now take note, they did all those four, not only in every session, but here is something that I have discovered also as I study the text. They did all those four with a mind that every one of these four are intertwined to each other. The teaching of the apostles, the fellowship, the breaking of the bread, and prayer. They are all intertwined to each other. Today, we are focusing on the subject of prayer. We already have discussed about those three in the earlier Sundays. Today, we are looking at prayer. How is prayer related to the teaching of the apostles? How is prayer related to the teaching or the preaching of the word? It is directly related to it. Here is the reason why. Our act of prayer and submission to it speaks so much about our knowledge of the God that we honor and worship. In the aspect of the teaching of the apostles or preaching the word, we are being introduced about who God is and what He can do. And that teaches us when that is inculcated in our hearts and minds, it leads us now in the manner, behavior that we exemplify when we pray. For example, in the teaching of the Word, we learn that God is a holy one. How does it affect our prayer now? When we learn that God is a holy one, it means to say that you don't just approach him in prayer as if you are approaching just, just anybody around. But when we approach God in prayer, knowing that he is a holy God, it would affect now on how we reflect ourselves in relation to what he is. This is what happened to Isaiah in chapter 6 verses 1 to 8. When the Lord gave a vision to him, he saw the holiness of God and all those angels surrounding the Lord. And you know what he said? I am doomed because I saw the Holy One and I am a sinner. My lips is unworthy. My whole being is unworthy to stand before his throne. In other words, there is a reflection of his sinfulness because there is a revelation of who God is. The holiness of God. So our knowledge about God, which is given to us during the preaching of the word, is affecting the kind of prayer and the manner that we have when we pray. Another example, if we have known God as a loving and gracious Father, how does it affect us when we pray? It affects us so much. That we would have a confidence every time we approach his throne. Why? Because that's how we know him. 
So if, if in our minds, God is like a monster, I would never go to Him in prayer. If I, I, in my mind, He is somebody who does not respond, why would I go to Him and ask for those things that I need in life? Why would I go to Him and present the petition of the church? But how is He presented in the Scriptures, especially in the New Testament time? You know Him as somebody who is loving, gracious, merciful, generous God. So when we approach Him, that's how we know Him. It is now affecting the kind of prayer that we have and the, the behavior that we exemplify when we pray. I know Him as a generous God. So I come to Him declaring about who He is, about what He can do. The Bible tells me that he is the one who placed those stars in their place, in, in their position. So when I approached him, I knew him as an enormous God. Hindi sa pipitugin. Isa siyang napaka makapangyarihang Diyos. And so when I approach him, I revere him and behold him just as who he really is. Why? Because that's how I knew him as revealed in the scriptures. So prayer actually is dictated and affected so much by the teachings of the word of God. How is prayer related to fellowship? When we gather together and present our commitment to the body of Christ, we become concerned not only about ourselves, but of the greater cause. Because it's the body of Christ. I am a part of that body of Christ. I am a part of Zikaik. And when we, were, when we were planning still to have this sanctuary built, you know what happened? It made many members of Zikaik prayerful. Why? Because that time when it was presented to us, it was worth 50 million pesos. We only had less than a million that time. So it brought us to our knees and we knew that, Lord, this is a big, a huge challenge that is in front of us. But we come to you in prayer because I am committed with Zikaek. Even if my pastor wouldn't tell me to pray for this matter, I am going to pray for it. Because I am devoted to my fellow believers and I am devoted to you. So it's affecting now our way of prayer and our prayer life. How is prayer related to the breaking of the bread? We are accountable to each other. What I really like to appreciate also, one, thing, one of the things I mean that I really like to appreciate Zikaic people and those individuals who, were, who joined with us on that cause. At the height of the pandemic last year, we were busy here at the church. We didn't have a physical gathering, but we were very busy recording sermons and praise and worship songs. But added to that, we were very busy repacking things, especially Pastor Arnold Santiago and Pastor Vic Nazareth as our community ministers. What did they do? They repacked those things. Where did those things come from? Those goods that we distributed to those needy members of the church. It came from you. A portion of it actually was taken from the church budget, but a big portion of it, it came from the believers. Why? Because I believe you are thinking that you are accountable to each other and you are accountable to God. You are committed to each other and you are committed to God. Did someone push you to do what you did? No. Why did you did it? Because of your commitment to the church and to God. Because of your accountability to the church 
and to God. So if you think about this, we were glorifying God and honoring God. Lord, thank you for the provision of the church. Thank you for the provision of these people so that we can help those needy ones. When that happened, we pray praising God about what he has done. It is affecting so much the life of prayer in the church. You see, these practices in the early church were actually intertwined to each other. The teachings of the apostles, the fellowship, and the breaking of the bread. You know, I'm not saying that when we pray, we should never pray in isolation. Because you look at the Gospels, there are moments also when Jesus said, when you pray, you go to your closet. What he meant is that you go in a place that you are undisturbed, that there is nobody that would look at you and you will brag about what you are doing. But he said, do it secretly because your Father in heaven is seeing you. So in other words, there is a teaching in the scriptures that a believer should learn to pray in an isolated manner. However, there is also a portion in the scriptures that tells us that God brought us in a community. That when he saved you and me, he did not intend to isolate us from each other. He intends also to bring us together and calls us his bride. We are the church. We belong to a, a community. And thus, when we practice the opportunity of prayer, we do it whenever we are in isolation. Do it for yourself and for the people around, people around you. But whenever we are in a corporate worship like this, it is also necessary that we pray in a corporate sense. I am praying that one of these days, we will be able to gather again and do prayer and fasting as we did years before. Praying together as one community because when you understand prayer in this context, it gives us the idea that we do not only pray for ourselves, but we pray because we know who God is we pray because we know what God can do. We pray because we are committed to each other and to God. We pray because we are accountable to each other and to God. Bringing the concept of prayer within the context of the practices of the early church. I want us to take note on this and I want this flash on the screen. When we pray, we don't only pray because of ourselves and our own needs. We pray because you know and we know God, who he is and what he can do. We pray because we are committed to each other and we are concerned for our fellow believers. We pray because we are bonded together and are accountable and are accountable to God. You bring this concept of prayer within the setting of a community. It creates a very powerful scenario. And I am praying that we will all do practice these things that were exemplified by the early church. We will continue to devote ourselves to the apostles' teachings, to the fellowship, to the breaking of bread, and to prayer. We will continue doing this, and the Lord will continue doing his part also for the betterment of his kingdom. And for his bride, the church, 
with that in our hearts and minds, I am challenging every one of you to continue participating in these practices of the church because this will not only benefit you as a believer, but this will exemplify pushing you to grow further in your spiritual walk with God. We grow within a community. We learn within a community. We share within a community. We pray also as a community of believers. God bless us all, and good morning, everyone. You just heard the message from Sambuanga City Alliance Evangelical Church. We hope that it will help you in your journey with the Lord Jesus Christ. For more updates, you can follow us in your social media platforms in Facebook, YouTube, and Instagram at Zikaek Ministries. God bless!